Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap Up. Uh, we talk about architecture, design, everything in between. Um, again, we are out of the Merchandise Mart this week, and we are in Mana Contemporary, the second floor, uh, with another special guest. Go ahead, you can introduce yourself. I'm Jamie Hayes, designer Jamie. of uh, Production Mode, a nice. women's layer line. Uh, we work with many textiles, but we do a lot of artist collaboration. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamie has been on the podcast once before, so we'll throw a link up to that first conversation we had with yourself and Eve. How is Eve? Have you, have you uh, spoken to her lately? Yeah, she's good. Yeah, yeah. she's really good. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, so slow fashion, what has been uh, going on now? How's the pandemic and like everything um, kind of affected everything i know we had a quick conversation about you know some people are actually spending now which is uh i'm sure a huge relief for sure yeah yeah no it was it was rough for a while i mean we did a billion pivots like everybody and and some of those were good but you know when you're pivoting from your core business model it's it's not necessarily what you're what you're passionate about so right. the first pivot was towards masks and I don't want to say I was passionate about masks, but it was really interesting to have what's often considered like kind of a frivolous, you know, extra, like nobody really needs fashion. All of a sudden there was this necessary good. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, mm -hmm. you know, among the first that I knew about to actually start making masks. So this was in that moment of late March, early April, where you, there were no masks even on Etsy. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know how to make masks. We were all sharing expertise. There was no elastic. There was no twill tape. So um, we made a designer collective, and I, you generously supported that. So that was really yeah, awesome. Yeah, I literally just, just rang a bell again. Like, yeah, that was awesome that uh, we could help on that. And I think um, it even went to um, the Heartland Alliance, I think, was the, mm -hmm. one of the companies that uh, we helped uh, donate to. So thank you guys. I mean, you guys rocked it on that for sure i mean it was fun it was an excuse also to you know i'm a really social person and that isolation was really hard i know for a lot of people but um you know i had an excuse where i had to go to emily's studio or anna's studio to pick off twill tape twill tape or you know drop off fabric and mm -hmm. we split up the work as to you know who had the longest cutting table and the cutting saws and who had the most stitchers or most free time and then who could deliver, who had a car. So it was a really uh, beautiful project. And, you know, we focused on frontline workers, healthcare mm -hmm. workers first, but also had, uh, was, were funded by donations um, and, you know, used it to keep people employed as well. And that's yeah. also how most of us used our PPP loans. So it just felt like this real virtuous circle. And then also we were able to provide masks to people when really none were available. Yeah. But again, like we didn't have sizing at first. And <laughs> when I look back at those first masks, they're not, you know, <laughs> what I'm most proud of. But you know, we learned a lot about face structures and sizing and, yeah. and all of that. Um, yeah, so that was the first pivot. Uh, I would say the second pivot was probably um, doing more design development work for other folks. Mm -hmm. So basically nobody was buying high-end fashion. You can kind of see that a lot of my work is kind of for events, you know, when you want to be seen. They're mm -hmm. not really like Zoom meeting outfits, mm -hmm. not the most comfortable stuff always, right, right. you know. <laughs> so, you know, uh, like they're statement pieces. Yeah. And... Um, but, you know, there were a lot of folks who actually had extra money in the pandemic, but they weren't necessarily spending that on fashion to, to go out in. Mm -hmm. And instead, there there's a lot of people who really want to 
be part of the fashion industry and had always wanted to start a line, but maybe they come from a, a different skill set. Mm-hmm. And so they need someone to develop that line. So I did a lot of development work, pattern making, sample making, that kind of thing. Very cool. And then come like this spring, I was like, okay, I can't pivot anymore. I did teaching too, a lot more teaching. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I just want to sell fashion. Yeah. But luckily, like right when the city opened back up again, you know, people were really eager to to buy fashion to support, like I was saying. And um, I think that's both because, you know, there were two years worth of events that were pent up. So mm-hmm. we were all going out more. Mm-hmm. People are tired of what they had. People's bodies changed in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a real shift in terms of um, who my client is. It, it's also, I think, folks who maybe were afraid of spending that kind of money before are now feeling more like, no, I want to invest in small business local ethically made i don't know it's been it seemed more kind of community driven which has been really really lovely yeah definitely um i remember i read one of the only books that i've read was the wolf of wall street like Mm -hmm. back when it first came out and i remember that they were talking about business and something about steve madden and steve madden's fashion where like the the fashion that they see at shows is not what actually sells like typically and i was i and i never knew that you know obviously you see these um or i would see like these runways and things like that where they would be like high fashion but you never really see people wear that at least in my circles like i'm not invited to get things like that but i think that that's uh that that's interesting that um you know people do have more of that like contemporary style where they want to um spend money on on items like that so that's interesting yeah yeah we actually talked about that a little bit on the panel at chicago textile week last night you know that the runway is the fantasy and it's actually more of a marketing you know exactly ploy and Mm -hmm. you don't make money on those things you often don't even produce those things Mm -hmm. so it's just to get the press or or to sell the fantasy which is then translated into perfumes sunglasses handbags things that fit everyone things that are a little bit more even if the perfume is you know super expensive it's a couple hundred bucks that's something you can attain versus the couture which is you know tens of thousands of dollars right and of course there are folks who live that life and do custom order those couture gowns but a lot of the stuff isn't even really wearable like you couldn't sit in it so Mm -hmm. yeah you could wear it to the met gala but that's Mm -hmm. a very small clientele even for big name designers right so yeah it's interesting like people don't really designers don't really make that much money on the clothes or if they do it's the it's the lower end diffusion lines the bridge lines that mm-hmm. kind of thing and then of course if you're doing fast fashion there is money in that yeah but there's there's more money in that than there is in luxury oh i'm sure yeah. i'm sure uh you touched on the Gallo. any thoughts on those dresses or outfits or you know i mean I, i'm kind of terrible that way where i barely follow fashion you know i <laughs> didn't even know it was happening that night until it filled my instagram feed gotcha i just don't care yeah i don't like <laughs> i love clothes but i i don't know something happened i think when kind of with the demise of magazines mm-hmm. my interest in fashion as a um, industry kind of waned or certainly that industry of the runway um, the more conceptual, um, it's just, I, I also kind of feel like maybe a generation ago when I, you know, 20 years ago when I was starting out, um, trends and seasons meant more because things weren't as globalized and splintered. So it's the same, like, like two extremes have 
both been augmented in the last 20 years where you have this intense globalization. So everyone is seeing the same images everywhere. We're all seeing the Met Gala where we wouldn't have necessarily seen that mm -hmm. 20 years ago because there wasn't an internet to view those images instantaneously. Mm -hmm. instantaneously. Um, but also you can kind of get anything now, any trend, any color, you know? So there's sort of this splintering, but also this kind of similarity of everything. And I think that's yeah. made sort of following the industry less interesting. I don't know. And then I was kind of like thinking about like AOC's dress mm -hmm. and, you know, like at first I was like, oh, it's really cool. And then you read like people's critiques and like, no, it's terrible. And she's an awful person. And you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know. And like she shouldn't have gone. Yes, she should have. She's a representative. She got a free ticket. The dress was free. You know, it was a designer of color. And you're just kind of like, oh, my God, like yeah. no one can agree on anything anymore. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. is terrible or it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, ugh. You know? Just like turn it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Did yeah. you like? Did no, you no, see I, things that you liked? No, or, I mean everybody you know? was talking about like the Kim Kardashian where she dressed in the all black and stuff with Kanye. Apparently, which, that's been done a thousand times. Yeah, 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 exactly. So no, I I just think it was interesting because you're right. Like I, uh, twenty years ago, you wouldn't really see into that world, mm -hmm. right? Maybe if a magazine, if you guys, if everybody, right, one month the same later, magazine, a month yeah. later, exactly, <laughs> maybe two months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I do think that it it's you're right. I mean, I think the world is getting well, not well rounded, just rounded out. Like there's yeah. no real. Um, but then, you know, if and you everyone's had, trying to shock all the time. Yeah, and exactly. Then you just kind of get bored. Exactly. By it. Yeah. Yeah. And people get offended now too, a little bit easier, I think, like super offended. And it's like, oh, like. Like left wing people mad at AOC. Like that was most yeah. of my feed, you know, and it's just <laughs> like, OK, all right. Cool. Yeah. No, I get it. Like yeah. and there are arguments where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Of course. But it's just. Yeah. 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 A lot of, a lot of gray. Um, and so how, how has the music been going? How's the, the turntablism, if you will? Well, that was the other kind of uh, pivot, you know, where for whatever reason, I actually got more DJing work in the pandemic nice. than I had prior. Um, mm -hmm. I have a couple theories about it, but it's that was, you know, really nice to have an excuse to kind of connect with people in a way that felt fairly safe, you mm -hmm. know, of mm -hmm. all the people in a bar or restaurant, I was probably the safest mm -hmm. with my mask on and distance yeah, away you know and um, and for a lot of the pandemic that could only happen in quote-unquote outdoor spaces yeah which is you know a little ambiguous here in chicago yeah, yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. you know there was some airflow so uh nice to be able to like provide yeah a vibe and communicate but of course you know i super missed the dance floor and you couldn't yeah, have a absolutely. sweaty dance floor yeah, until man. like june and even now even like okay kind of but it's sort of you're never quite sure if again you're doing the wrong thing or not and, mm -hmm. and, I, and i don't really see that changing anytime soon i mean like a night at danny's or a night at like just like where the dance floor is jumping and everybody's sweating like i East Room, same way, but East Room's closed. And Daddy's closed, actually. So yeah, they're both closed. <laughs> that's, so there's like a kind of a, a vacuum. There are some new places or old places that are kind of changing into more to fill nice. that void, thank God, because yeah. I don't know, I need that in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, that's that's wild. Did you do any of the um, like, um, URL, like anything uh, virtual or anything? Um, a little bit. You know, I don't have a presence on Twitch. And I mean, okay. I don't think most DJs did beforehand. Yeah. It was like a gamer platform. But um, 
you know, since I didn't have that presence build up, it sort of feels like, well, do I want a DJ in my basement for mm-hmm. like three people, you know? Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, we did something on Instagram before they kind of shut all that down for yeah. DJs, unless you're versus, but um, <laughs> something like that, you know? Um, they did shut it down pretty quick. Yeah, and Facebook too. Um, yeah. So, but then I did do a few events that were like sponsored by another organization so that I knew that there would be people watching. And honestly, whenever I did them, I would always enjoy them, but it's hard to look forward to DJing to a camera. Mm-hmm. There's that distance between you and the other people. And of course there's that chat function. And then like after the fact, you see that people are, you know, excited and participating and like, I'm dancing in my kitchen, but you can't see them. Mm -hmm. So I think like for me, the more successful events were when there was some sort of Zoom room where people were dancing alongside the Twitch stream. But a lot of it was like pretty technologically advanced. You had to have a lot of equipment to make that happen. Yeah. Or, you know, kind of be that DJ who has more of the radio personality where you're going to like get on the mic and talk to people. And for the record, I don't like that personality on Twitch. It's just like, yo, man, or or girl, like woman, let the music talk like you're let the music breathe a little bit. So I'm the same way, you know, but I'm like, those are the folks who I think tended to succeed more because they were personable. They're looking at the camera. They're like engaging the audience. <laughs> but again, that's not kind of how I yeah. came up and learned. But um, yeah. but we got to do a stream for Gramophone. That was really fun. Oh, it's cool. such an iconic yeah. you know space and place in yeah. you know the dance music community. And um, I did one for the Arts Club. I did one oh, cool. with Excursions, um, kind of a tribute to Danny's. Yeah. So I you know some of them were were really fun actually but nice i want that live sweaty dance floor (laughs) yes me too me too if anybody has any recommendations please send them over this way too potolasi club lassi club potolasi oh potolasi i'm not sure if i'm saying it right okay karina can correct me yeah uh central park (laughs) and uh, diversity okay yeah yeah it gets going up there yeah it's like a, a party room in the back that you can rent out so it's not a constant thing but gotcha it's it's really yeah. Yeah, you feel like it's the nineties when you're there. <laughs> you know? Have you been to six oh six cafe, by the way? No, but people keep telling me to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. one time I got invited and it was I hadn't been vaccinated yet. And I was like, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah no, like, you can't take that risk for yeah, sure. Yeah. I was like, that sounds too wild for me. Yeah. yeah. They they have a pretty good party and house and more electronic uh music too. But um but back to the textiles. So um any recent trips to New York or finding any new things? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got to go uh twice this summer. So once was in July for Premier Vision. Okay. Which New York, there's like a satellite version of this the show which is based in Paris and much bigger in Paris. But gotcha. so of of course it was a much smaller version even than normal because I'm not sure how many of those European and Asian suppliers were able to book trips or, mm-hmm. you know, would have had to quarantine. Like I don't know. But it was it was a lot smaller. So that was a little bit sad, but I was just so excited to be out of the Midwest and yeah. like just you know there's different types of people in new york different fashion like it's a different different scene different you know too, yeah. yeah different energy i got to see some friends i hadn't seen in you know two years mm-hmm. um i went with anna brown so it's like we were just kind of two designers wandering around the garment garment district like workshopping our collections you know <laughs> cool like Very in a cool. way that you just don't make time for yeah. um even though she's a couple blocks away um yeah. normally and, and, and sorry, is that is that show usually like at somewhere big like the Javits Center? Or is it all in like little showrooms or what type uh, of show is that usually? Yeah, it's moving around. It was at the piers 
a couple years ago. Okay. I guess the last time it happened. And then um, now I can't remember what the venue was, but it was a smaller venue, okay. but still gotcha. like a trade show kind of space, but not like the Javits, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I went uh, a couple weeks ago to do a pop up shop with another brand called Salvage Cloth Studio and um, run by a woman named Carrie, uh, Carrie Evans. And we have a lot in common in terms of our ethos, our clientele, um, to some extent our aesthetic. So it's, it's really fun to show together. Mm -hmm. And I had done that in October of 2019 and hadn't been able to go back since for obvious reasons. And it was, it was, it was really great. Um, mm -hmm. She books a, the same spot in the lower, sorry, in the East Village, um, usually once a month. So and does a pop up. Mm -hmm. Very and cool. So our clients kind of know where to come through, but there's also a lot of great street traffic there. And, yeah. You know, so again, it's just great to be yeah. back there. Do you see like the clientele there attracting more towards certain garments than obviously the Midwest? Mm. Or what, what about that? Good I mean, question. I know like for, for me, when I lived in Jersey city, New York area, I mean, this was when I was really getting into denim and like there was just a lot of denim. And mm -hmm. then in Chicago, there's not really too many denim locations. But no. um, I always thought that that was interesting to see the difference between buyers. But that, that was for me when males don't really shop like that, at least as much as women. But Right. Well, I mean, it's also interesting because I think it's partly based on the clientele that Carrie's built up, you mm -hmm. know, more than just you know what does the True. average new york new yorker want but i would yeah. say two two things like one new yorkers tend to value fashion more than the typical chicagoan so of course i have my chicago ladies who you know support me and understand what i do and why it costs what it costs but when i think about you know a lot of my my friends in new york you know, work in public health, they work in social work, like jobs where you're not earning a ton. And if I say that a top costs $200, they'll say things like, well, yeah, that's what a top costs. And, you know, of course, well, you need to look good. And so it's worth it. And I think when you talk to the same kind of segment in, in Chicago, it's like, wow, that's so much money. And it, it's true. You know, you're going to make more for the same job in New York mm. than you are in Chicago. But there's also this understanding that the street is sort of your runway and and people are looking at you and actually that happened in in new york i was staying with my friends in crown heights and crown heights is a neighborhood that there's a lot of really fashionable people there's a huge caribbean population and i would say culturally you know that's that's a population that is definitely gonna like not gonna leave the house Just, in yeah. sweatpants and the chanclas, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so I was in like, you know, this outfit with that top on my way to the trunk show Sunday morning. And there's a guy outside of the bodega, like looking like uh, Celia Cruz's husband, yeah, you know, yeah. like with the white beard <laughs> and the white hair. And he was like, looking good, my dear, I see you, you know? And it was just like, oh, I love New York. Like, you know, sometimes in Chicago, I love Chicago, but you walk down the street, yeah. like dressed on a, you know, and someone will kind of be like, why are you all dressed up? Like, yeah, who do yeah. you think you are? Or, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, different it's mentality. weird. Where are you going? You yeah. know, and there yeah, they're yeah. like, maybe she's just going to pick up a gallon of milk. But, <laughs> you know, like, like, thank you for, right. for giving me something interesting to look at. Like, it wasn't a yeah. hit on. It wasn't, it was just a, and you, you get that in New York. You get like the nod if you, mm -hmm. if you yeah, are yeah. 
put together, people would be like, the approval nod. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Or the chin up. <laughs> yep. Like, I see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. a beautiful thing. And I do think, like, yeah, you know, people who don't even appear like huge fashion lovers there will, mm-hmm. will uh, they appreciate fashion in a sense. It's just more part of the blood. You know, yeah. a little bit like a smaller version of like what you see in Paris where like just this idea of things need, needing to be beautiful, like that being like an obvious important part of life. Right. It's good. And I think sometimes in the Midwest we're a little bit like, I don't know, I don't want to stand out or like I don't, yeah. don't want to spend money. I don't deserve it. Like, For sure. Yeah. And, and are there trends like what, what uh, like did the pandemic affect trends at all? Really? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that certainly. Was something I was curious on. Like, I don't know if it, because really, typically we lost 2020. And so would that mean like the trend in 2020 would then go to 2021 or something like that? Or how does that? I'm sure that's you know? how it was for uh, fashion houses that are mm-hmm. like running, you know, that were already in production. Like maybe mm-hmm. they held some back, you know, um, certainly like the way that Pantone colors work, that affects mm-hmm. kind of what dyes people are going to use. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff you can't really stop. It's this huge, it's almost like a too big to fail yeah. situation. Yeah. But again, I'm so far outside of that that I yeah. can't really speak to that. No, with, I was just curious. You know, but yeah. I mean, definitely the whole like Zoom stuff was real. Like I, you know, introduced uh, like a pair of leggings that it does have leather patches on it. So, but I was <laughs> like, hey, you know, you want to be comfortable in your Zoom meeting, but like once all this ends, like you're going to have some really up. hot leggings yeah. <laughs> that cost a lot of money, you know? <laughs> so, and those did did sell yeah. um and i that you know besides that i was like i don't really do zoom fashion like i right. don't know i don't want to do athleisure mm-hmm. um we did do with my other line which we were winding down department of curiosities which is the lingerie line we did do really well when with that during the pandemic gotcha. um, and partly we were kind of liquidating so that helps always mm-hmm. but i also think that there was a trend towards buying really nice things just for you and so there's a certain lingerie customer where it's, you know, not, you know, you're not going to wear it out of the house. It's just, you know, that you have this really nice thing to lounge in. Like yeah, who wouldn't enjoy lounging in a silk robe yeah, and right, gorgeous. like 2020 was the time if you had the money to like splurge on some yeah. really nice yeah. lounge wear, you know, yeah. and there's a segment of clientele too, who like collects it and, you know, shows it to their Instagram community. And that Mm -hmm. was obviously where a lot of people were in 2020 was like on Instagram. Yeah. Everything went uh, digital for sure. And, and so you don't make the lines that you create or produce are not trend. Like you wouldn't make anything for fall or do you like now are you working for something for spring of 2022 or do you follow those two? No, no. Yeah. I'm, bad about that just you kind of whatever your inspiration is right and i work so close to deadline that like you know now i'm trying to put things out for fall but sometimes you're like well i have a little bit of this fabric left and it's a lightweight cotton okay well i could develop it now and i'll just release it in the spring Mm -hmm. you know but more i mean even the 
high-end fashion houses are going towards that because of the immediacy of the internet. You know, again, like we were just talking about with the Met Gala back in the day when the shows would happen, you know, the New York Times would report on it, the Washington Post would report on it, and you could follow Women's Wear Daily if you were in the industry. Like, you could get that in almost real time, like a day after the shows. But there was no expectation that you would then see that in the stores. And it certainly wasn't flooding your Instagram feed or, you know, the whole show wasn't streamed online. And so once that started happening, um, you know, for the luxury brands, they were getting knocked off before they could even put things out. And so I think maybe Tom Ford was the first to kind of be like, well, this is stupid. Let's just have everything ready and be able you know people can start buying the minute they're seeing it or you know shortly thereafter Mm -hmm. because it's such a great promotional tool and then they were kind of you know losing that but as a small designer I also have that same ability to be well I have a better ability to be nimble so like that's kind of always with us like there's somebody comes in and custom orders something I can turn it out pretty quickly or if I see like a hole in my line or a need but again we're not trend driven I've had you know pieces like this leather skirt I introduced my line with that in 2015 mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it's more or less in, a, in or out of style than it was yeah. you know gorgeous but Go there's you know thank you there's there's, yeah. there's things I've retired of course and there still are you know the, the fashion was much more body conscious in 2015 than it than it is now mm-hmm. you know interesting yeah, and, and how did it, uh, just quickly, how did it go uh, last night, the textile week and the events? Mm-hmm. That was, it was super fun. Um, just a really great community of people who are so excited about textiles. So you can just like nerd right. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's nerding out about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like something that, you know, normally, even as a fashion designer, like you're not, people don't really want to hear that much about like (laughs) the weave you know the knitting process the printing process you know all that so um and to be able to converse in a way where you know people do understand the vocabulary that Mm -hmm. you're using and Mm -hmm. was is really great and i think we had a great turnout i would say at least 50 people were there oh nice um in anna's space yeah was it anna's space Mm -hmm. right there's a whole uh the whole lot next to her is is part of her studio and is a beautiful garden so that was also nice to be able to like feel like it was safe you know we did the talk outside and the weather was nice and yeah it was yeah that's cool like a fun party yeah and there was four of you on the panel or Mm -hmm. five four and you moderated that one yeah 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 yeah. How how did you drive that conversation Oh, it was easy. Everybody is pretty talkative and super knowledgeable about what they do. And we're all friends. So, you know, there was like teasing each other. And, you know, it was kind of just like we we did kind of a dry run of it on Tuesday. And it was a different conversation than what we had then, but pretty much the same, but just with an audience and, you know, some good audience participation, which is what we wanted. We didn't want it to be like a stuffy panel. We've all done those before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the community, your textile community in Chicago is very small, I would say. Very, very small. As I was on Hope, like I haven't, I didn't really know of such a community before getting involved with Textile Week and just in general, like I've always known the larger like fabrics or textile houses for like the commercial or architecture interiors. Um, but yeah, it's great to have something like Textile Week that brings everybody together, you know, and they, yeah. everybody can nerd out about the same thing for sure. Totally. And I mean, Chicago does have, it's never been a huge fashion town or textile mm-hmm. town to my knowledge, um, but it, it is an industrial 
town, you know, and we do have space in a way that, you know, New York, for example, doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why I can have a thousand square foot showroom and studio. Like I yeah. wouldn't be able to do that in New York, not right. even in the Jersey City version of Mana. Like I don't think mm-hmm. it would be viable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are cool things like the weaving mill here or the passamentary mill, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like Melissa's studio, you know, yeah. like those are all things that I think are part of working in the Midwest that you can do these cool things. And we, you know, we see it in furniture and architecture as yeah. well with people like doc six, like you couldn't do that in New York, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to build those large scale things? You need space, you need tons yeah. of tools. So that's, that's one thing that I, I think makes, Chicago really really cool yeah you know? yeah definitely yeah and this will probably come out sometime in uh, October but what do you have up for the rest of the year anything uh, interesting going on or 2022 yeah um, well I'm going to uh, someday I keep threatening to do it but I'm really going to introduce my my knitwear I'm looking at my knitting machine over there that was my <laughs> another one of my pandemic pivots yeah well, not really a pivot it was like always a dream to to know how to work a knitting machine so mm-hmm. I was able to use my tuition reimbursement since I teach at School of the Art Institute. Oh, cool. I actually had the time to take a class um, nice. and, and studied with Kate Jacobson who's super brilliant and generous and uh, I think should be part of uh, Chicago Textile Week next time we do it. Nice. I don't think we've done anything that's like knitting focused. I don't think so either. And it's such a huge part of textiles, yeah. knitting and crocheting. and Yeah. Um, and it's just like an endless world. Which that had like a little fad. I don't know. It was just brought to like the main light, I think, within the past few years, at least for me, like design. Everybody was into crochet. Everybody had a lot of like they wouldn't mind throwing like a crochet piece up on the wall and just letting it live there. I, yeah. For me, like in, in my um, through my lens, I think I just saw it really pop up like in the last few years. Yeah, for sure. With like kind of from the more, you know, artistic standpoint yeah. from, from wall hangings or like, you know, yarn bombing exactly. sort of stuff. But, you know, certainly in fashion, you know, we've always had knitwear, yeah. you know, like yeah. Chanel's very known for all of her jersey knits, like kind mm-hmm. of bringing that into the um the mainstream I guess Mm -hmm. you know and like you're wearing a knit sweatshirt right now you know like sweaters like that's a big thing this is like super fast fashion so I I apologize I shouldn't have wore this here no totally (laughs) not gonna not not gonna die on that hill yeah yeah (laughs) no I get it and you know the more too we've just to touch on that point the the more talks I do about slow fashion the more I'm like hey you know we need to change the whole system yeah it's not Felix's fault right (laughs) (laughs) and like I don't want to make people feel bad like that's the last thing I want to do you know like I have an Amazon Prime membership I'm not proud of that you know Mm -hmm. but they get you you Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. how do we make it so that we can band together collectively and make the changes that we need for the environment for workers like that is all still 100 percent true but it's it's not about individual personal responsibility right right you know right um but anyway so you're back to the future yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, i hope to launch that soon it's just been a whole it's a whole new skill set i'm learning so it's been a slow slog but a fun slog um and so that'll be like a big new thing i'm still have samples that are on view in my showroom Mm -hmm. um Cool. But it's the issue of, you know, like replicating them and cranking them out, especially yeah. since 
I have to do that work myself at this point, whereas with the cutting and sewing, like I have other folks who can help me if need be. And most of the time I'm not sewing my own work at this point, you know? Gotcha. That's great. Um, so that, that will happen soon. I hope, you know, to capitalize on the cold season that's coming. Um, and then rather quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> October 7th, I'm doing a trunk show, um, with Anna Brown again, but at uh, a store called Trapes, which is an amazing shoe store in Lincoln square on okay. Lincoln, um, between Montrose and, uh, Lawrence and the shoes go so well with both of our work and I'm always getting the question of like, you know, where can I buy good shoes? And it's, yeah. it's hard. There aren't a lot of cool shoe boutiques left yeah. anymore, but I know I personally hate buying shoes online. Like I need to see it on my foot. I need sure. to feel it. I hate doing returns. So, um, that one should be really fun. It's in the evening. Um, okay. And then uh, we're also going to have another Constellation event um, here in Pilsen. So that is a collaboration between different Pilsen boutiques. So Gucha Gucha participated in it um, over on Halstead. Mm -hmm. Do really great graphic design work, but also screen prints. Um, they just had a new earring launch. Like they're doing all kinds of really interesting oh, things. Cool. Um, and a couple other boutiques participated and then, you know, kind of Anna was hosting, Anna Brown was hosting the fashion designers, that aspect, but it was, you know, there was a map and you kind of go around and hit the different boutiques nice. and, you know, then you're entered into a drawing if you go to all of them. So it was just, you know, a super fun community oriented thing that we did in June and we'll do again in November. Oh, okay, cool. I believe Very it's cool. the 11th and 12th. Um, and then I'll also be doing the one of a kind show. I have a booth with Anna as well um that's a that's a big pretty big show too that one of a kind yeah it's huge it's huge. usually like 600 vendors but i know they cut it down significantly to allow for more social distancing mm -hmm. because you know back in the day that was like a packed show packed, yeah. and also drew i mean a wide range of people but a lot of older folks especially on the first two days mm -hmm. so just trying to be you know Conscious, more yeah. more conscious but i i think too at this point we're all kind of assessing our own risks and just doing our best to make a living mm -hmm. not be socially isolated but also not spread <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> spread a pandemic so yeah. um you know i don't know if they'll require proof of vaccination or what have you but yeah, everything I'm, I'm, who, who knows what's going to happen by december you yeah know? yeah i'm sure they because neocon's coming up next week i think um since this recording and I think they're doing um, mandatory masks and then you have to pay to attend and so there, there's definitely restrictions that are going to be going in. I don't know about yeah. the uh, uh, proof of vaccination or anything like that. But It was interesting because New York was much stricter even in July than where, you know, Chicago at that point there was kind of like we all thought the pandemic was done, you yeah, know, right. but in New York, they were, I guess just they went through such a harder time at the beginning and mm -hmm. I think also there's just no real way to super social distance there you know you're just always around people yeah. but for the uh for premier vision they actually required proof of vaccination or a you know a, a negative, negative test, test. yeah, yeah. Wow. and i hadn't seen that yet in chicago of course now we are seeing that but yeah it was just it's different how it's you know different places also or yeah yeah even even in chicago like we went up to a show up on uh up on the red line the second jarvis stop or something like mm -hmm. that and there was a few restaurants up there and uh we went for a show and they needed your vaccination card. And that yeah. was the first time that I've experienced that 
in Chicago, not downtown, but up there. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty interesting. For and sure. some of the more independent venues. Yeah. I've seen that into like Empty Bottle and yeah. uh, Hungry Brain, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you for the quick update yeah. and catch up. Um, where can people follow you and reach out to you? All that jazz. Um, on Instagram, um, at Production Mode. Um, on Facebook, it's Production Mode Chicago. Uh, sales at productionmodechicago.com is a good way to get in touch via email. And, you know, we're going to p- periodically do open studios here too, especially as the building kind of opens up more. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a keep an eye on that for Mana Contemporary so that you can also see Hope's work down the hall. Yep. There's yep. Studio Heron on the third floor mm-hmm. and a billion other people in here who I'm, yeah. every time I walk a floor I haven't been on in a while, I'm like, wait, what? They're here too? <laughs> <laughs> Abigail Glom Blathbury just moved in on okay. six, who was on the panel last night. So cool. it's a it's a good community of, of people here. So I'm excited about that as well. And of course, they can people can visit our showroom here at Mana, um, but we're by appointment at this point. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Jamie. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Felix. Yeah. Um, enjoy the rest of your summer, spring. Joe, this is spring, and we'll catch up uh, later in the year. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.